y'all know stuff's been happening this week? Yeah. Yeah, Sister Walletta had surgery this week, but she's here praising God. Brother Dale, his heart was all out of rhythm. The doctor said his heart was just quivering. He was in AFib. And the doctor got in there and I had, had to talk to the doctor. I said, Doc, Brother Dale hadn't been listening to his pastor. I need you to shock him extra hard. <laughs> he shocked him twice. Listen, your pastor, he'll, he'll pray and put it on you. I know y'all want to get me back in the Dunkin' booth, don't you? That's all right. I'm not scared because I know most of y'all can't throw. We want to pray for Brother John Henry. He's uh, been uh, in the hospital for the last few days with pneumonia. And uh, we're just praying for him. And uh, listen, I'm telling you, the Lord knows what's going on. He knows what's happening in your body. And we rebuke it in Jesus' name. We rebuke sickness and disease and inflammation and infection. And we just speak life. And uh, so I thank God that, you know, we just go through, through the week. We never know what's going to happen. And these things come suddenly, and uh, but then God gets the glory, and I love looking out and seeing people who have been through some stuff this week, amen, praising Him because of who He is. That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. I want to just talk to you. We forget sometimes why we do what we do. We think that praise is the first two songs, that fast worship is the two slow songs with the lights down low, and uh, we... We, we, we forget that there's a purpose to our praise. I said there's a purpose to our praise. So I'm just going to take a few minutes to lay out uh, what praise and worship is supposed to be about. It's, it, we make it about a lot of things. It, it's not about a lot of things. It, it's about one thing, and his name is Jesus. You don't have to have all the things. We don't have to have the lights. We've got a whole row of lights out. And I'm like, you know, that's frustrating. And my mic, I've got a brand new mic this morning. They're trying to figure out that and get that uh, adjusted. And you know what? You don't have to have a microphone. You don't have to have lights. You don't have to have instruments. You don't have to have all the distractions. All you need is a heart to worship God. You need to know who He is. And we give him the praise that is due to his name. Amen. Well, there was a cruise ship that was uh, set sail and they got caught up in a hurricane. The cruise ship was tossed and turned and turned over and sunk. Only three people survived to swim up on an island full of cannibals. It just so happened these three people were from the same church. <laughs> Pastor Smith, Sister Strange, and Chuck Wagon. They pulled them out of the water and they brought them to the chief. And the chief said, we are looking so forward to eating y'all. To grant you a last request. Like before you die. Well, Chuck Wagon, 
who loved to sing, but he sang off-key and screeching, said, I want to sing the Messiah musical. I've always wanted to sing it, but the wouldn't let me. And I would like to sing it here before I die. Well, Sister Strain said, I want to tell without interruption about all the sickness I've had in my body. I wanted to tell at church, but pastor wouldn't let me. Even if it takes three hours, I want to tell them all before I die. Okay. The chief said, it's granted. He looked at pastor and he said, what do you want? And the pastor replied, I request to be eaten first before he sings and she testifies. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Psalm verse 41, chapter 41, verse 1 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Can we just quote that together can we just say if there's no other pastor why do we come to church why do we sing why do we worship if we could sum it up in these little words in this verse psalm 48 1 say it together great is the lord and greatly to be praised i just want to submit to you today that i think god is greater than we give him praise for I want to think he's done better for you this week than you have done for him. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise is fitting for the upright. And he has put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust the Lord. Let the people praise. Praise you, O God. Let all people praise. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful work for the children. Seven times a day do I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Can you join David in saying that? Can you say that you praise God seven times a day? Seven times in a week? Seven times in a month? How often do we praise God for how good He is and for His gratefulness and for His faithfulness and for His goodness? David said seven times a day do I praise because of the righteous judgment. Every day will I bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. While I live, I will I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. While there's any life in me, while there's any hope in me, while there's any strength in me, I will pray. All through songs, we over and over, sermon service, I mean, scripture after scripture, David said, I will praise the Lord because you're good and your mercy endures forever. I will lift my voice. I'll lift my eyes. I'll lift my hands. I'll sing. He talks all of it. He's going to praise God. He said in Psalm 140, 
6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. I'm telling you, is there any high praise in our voice? Is there any high praise in our mouth? We, we, come, we, we can kind of come down with a low, huh, sad, uh, Come on, I'm ready for some high praises. I'm ready for some exciting praise. I'm ready for exuberance. uh, Amen. Shouting and rejoicing. Amen. Not because I have to, but because I get to. You didn't have to come to church this morning. You got to come to church. You have the freedom to come into the house and to worship. You don't have to live. You get to. He is worthy. Amen. As we talk about praise, we talk about worship. Amen. God inhabits the praises of his people. That literally means he lives in it. You've given God this week to live in. He's not going to live in your mumbling, grumbling, complaining, fussing, cussing. He's not going to live, amen, where there's doubt and fear and unbelief. He only inhabits. He only lives. He only comes in, amen, when there's there's adoration. And when somebody is magnifying the Lord, amen, that's where he comes and he makes himself known. mad, but it made God glad when we begin to praise God. Amen. The devil doesn't want you to sing praises. He doesn't want you to magnify and exalt because he knows when you begin to sing praises to God, And when God's presence comes, His blessings come, His anointing comes, His favor comes, His healing comes, His power comes, His forgiveness comes. When you begin to praise God, God shows up. And when God shows up, something happens. It's kind of like this microphone. It's just on and off. The devil doesn't want you to praise God. He doesn't want you to magnify God. Because he knows when you do, God shows up, and he wants to keep you sad. He wants to keep you discouraged. He wants to keep you hopeless. He wants to keep you in your own head. He wants to keep you listening to his eyes. But when you sing the praises of God, amen, your ears shut off to the voice of the devil. The miraculous. I said the miraculous. You don't want to start praising God. When you start lifting up the name of Jesus, things begin. Let's look at the three types of worship. Three things that we do around here. What do we do? We like to praise. What is praise? Praise is excited. It's exuberant. It's noisy. It's characterized by rejoicing. Singing, shouting, lifting hands, clapping, dancing. Amen. Praise is celebration. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating God is good and His mercy. We're celebrating. Amen. I should have been dead this week. Amen. They were afraid Brother Dale could have had a stroke or a heart attack. Amen. But God spared him. And because of it, we praise Him. Because of who he is and because of what he's done and because we're grateful. We get excited. Listen, Brother Johnny will show you. He'll show you. Because imagine, Brother Johnny, the cowboys 
are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> You've been given tickets. You are sitting. Oh, no, no, no. You've got a private box with a buffet. You are watching the game. you got everything at your fingertips. But imagine, this is not hard to imagine, they're losing. They're behind. And the crowd is kind of down, and, and the, there's, no, there's no praise, and there's no excitement, there's no exuberance, there's not a lot of noise. But at the last moment, the last play, a long pass is thrown, it's caught, touchdown, they win! There you go. He didn't say. No. You get excited. People hear you. It amazes me. You go to every sporting game. You go to anything. It don't matter if it's little kids or if it's adults. People's yelling, screaming, cheering on their team. And they don't care who hears them. But you get in church. Somebody might see me. Somebody might hear me. Well, thank God. Somebody needs to hear somebody giving God praise for who He is. We praise, we get excited over the silliest things, but then the things that matter the most, we want to keep our voice down. Don't get too excited. Come on. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about a God who sent His Son, who gave His life, and because of Him, I get to go to heaven for eternity. My sins are forgiven. That's something to shout about. Praise. Get any excited. We praise Him because of who He is. He deserves. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And He deserves to be lifted up. And then there's Thanksgiving. You know Thanksgiving? Turkey? Oh no, that's a different Thanksgiving. That's coming. Sweet potato pie. Stuffing. Oh, come on, it's coming. I'm talking about thanksgiving within the realm of praise and worship. It is when we've exuberated and we've shouted and we've rejoiced because of who He is, but then we remember what He has done and we begin to become overwhelmingly grateful. It's when Brother Johnny, amen, had his heart attack. And you know what? He could have died. He had the widow maker and two vein, two arteries stopped up. And amen, it could have been the end. But you know what? When he begins to think, he's praising God for who he is. And then he begins to think about what he's done and how he could have died. But God spared him. And then he becomes thankful in the presence of God. Thanksgiving. It's different than praise because it's motivated by something God has done. We begin to think about how wonderful. Hey, but when, when we've prayed for so long, when we've believed for so long, we've trusted, we didn't see, and then we see an answer to our prayer. And we're like, thank you. Oh, thank you. We begin to 
be grateful for what God has done. And there, there's just an overwhelming, I mean, when we come into the presence of God and we remember how we were wretched and we were sinful and we were on our way to hell, but mercy reached out and grace picked us up and He forgave us and He cleansed us and He healed us and He delivered us. And now we're on our way to heaven and we begin to be thankful for who He is and what He's done. Mm. Somebody say, hmm. Let's look at the progression of worship. David said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. We look back at the Old Testament and we see the tabernacle. We, 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 we see the, how it was laid out. It was a type and a shadow of Jesus. It was a type of the cross. Uh, you, you, you came into the outer courts and there was the uh, brazen altar. It was where the sacrifices were made. It's where people brought their sin offering. It's where the animal was slaughtered. It was killed. Uh, there was sacrifice. Their sin was forgiven. Amen. They were excited. Amen. Thank God I came to God. I brought my offering. He received it. I'm forgiven. And they rejoiced. And they praised God in the outer court. But then the priest would wash themselves and they would put on the sacred garments and then they would go into the holy place. They would come in where there was the table of showbread. And they would come where there was the candlestick, the menorah, the light. And they would get to experience the Word of God and the presence of God and the anointing of God. And they had communion with God and they had fellowship with God. And they brought the ashes off of the brazen altar. They brought the coals and they put on the altar of incense. The altar of incense was right in front of the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. Where the presence of God dwelt. When they would offer that sacrifice on the brazen altar and slaughter that animal and the blood would flow and that fire would consume it, they would take those coals, take them into the holy place and put it on the altar of incense with all of the incense, the mixture that God had gave them. that fire would begin to fill that place and that smoke would flow over into the holies of holies. That incense that the Bible says our praise and our worship, our prayers rise as incense before God. Amen. There was a special place of, of communion and communicating with God that many people never get. They never get past the outer court. They never get past the praise. They come in and they give a shout. They give a hallelujah. Woo! A whoop-de-doo. And then they go home. They never move on in to a place of the Word of God, amen, and the light of God and the Spirit of God. And there's been no sacrifice, so there's not going to be any incense. If there's no sacrifice, there's no praise. There's got to be a brokenness and a killing of our flesh and a putting it on the altar and then God's fire consumes it and then we put it and present it before God and it comes up as a sweet smelling savor. But many leave there. They're satisfied. Woo! Heard a good word, got me a little bacon bit. 
I'm ready to go. But then, once a year, a high priest had the honor and the privilege of going into the holies of holies, into the very presence of God, except the blood and the smoke of the incense. The priests prepared themselves, bells around their hem of their garment, a rope tied on their leg, because if they were mad at their wife when they went in, they dropped dead. Oh yeah, this whole church be full of dead husbands today. Bad attitude, lustful thought, into the presence of God without having everything in order, you drop dead. It was a fearful thing. And they went in with awe and respect and they took the blood from the sacrifice and they went in and on that altar, that tabernacle, the four horns, they placed that blood on the four horns of the altar and they presented it to God and God forgave the sins of the people for another year. It was a special time. It was a holy time. It was worship. It wasn't praise. It wasn't out at the brazen altar. It wasn't shouting and cheering. It wasn't in the holy place where I'm reading His Word and I'm receiving His Spirit and I'm enlightened. I'm in awe of the presence of God. The smoke is filled. The the, 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 the incense is filling my nostrils. There's a holy reverence that any moment I could drop dead and I'm going to do everything right. And I'm presenting the blood. Worship. Worship. Everybody say worship. Hebrews 10, 19. Says come boldly to the throne of grace. You see what happened? Jesus shed His blood, the perfect Lamb of God, shed His blood on the cross, took His blood back to heaven to the mercy seat, applied His blood to the altar, and forgave our sin. And then from the top to the bottom, not from man to God, but from God to man, the veil that separated was ripped in half. And God said, now... Come boldly into my presence through worship and receive help and strength in the time of need. Worship ushers you in to the very presence of God. So it's important. Praise is important. We dance, we rejoice, we get excited, we go, hallelujah. And then, then the presence of God's here and he, we, we receive. And then we begin to be grateful what He's done this week. And we begin to check ourselves and wow, look what I made it through. And we get a sense of gratefulness. But then we get into worship and we begin to realize who He is. And we honor Him and we honor His presence. And worship is not about me. It's not about how I feel. It's not if I want to. I worship. Because of who He is. I worship. What are some reasons that we don't worship? One, fear. 
we're afraid, afraid of people, afraid of what people think. What if I act crazy? What if, what if I cry? Men, especially. Man, what, what, what if I get emotional? Somebody will see me. Fear keeps a lot of people from worship. It keeps a lot of people out of the press. They go so far. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll sing. I'll clap my hands. I'll say amen. But man, when it gets, when it gets into that emotional, get, get into the altar and get intimate with God because worship, amen, brings you into a relationship with God, amen, that it's intimate. It's, a, it's, it's almost a romantic love, it, but, but it's reverential. It's holy and it's personal. At the football game, we can all shout and cheer and, and, and praise together with, with noise and exuberance. And, but there's a few parents in there that have people on the field that they have a personal relationship with, that they know intimately. It means way more to them than most people in the stands. There's a lot of people walk in the door They'll sing a song and clap their hands, but they don't have a personal relationship with the one they're singing about. They know about him, but worship brings us into an intimate relationship. But fear, I mean, it, it, it's, it's normal. You, you get afraid. Fear makes things go crazy. It makes you kind of shut down. It gives you the jitters, the cold sweat, the shakes. You kind of freeze, and, and, and we... We imagine when we get fearful, when we're afraid, God's forsaken me. God's left me. And, and, and then we feel unworthy. I'm unworthy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't, don't get it. Fear can immobilize you. It can make you unable to take action. We see in Joshua, after Joshua went out to fight the battle at Ai, and they were utterly defeated. You know what the Bible says about Joshua? Now, we know Joshua was a great man, mighty man, a, a leader, a warrior. You know what the Bible says? He collapsed. And then God spoke and said, get up. What are you doing on the ground? Israel is sinned. He went and dealt with the sin. They went to the next city. They won. Great victory. Sometimes we get in worship and the Lord reveals to us things that we need. Thank you very much. I finally got it. <laughs> we, we, we get our eyes on our circumstances instead of Him. Well, what are reasons? We're talking about reasons that why you don't come into worship. Because we, we, we have our eyes on, uh, on everything else but on the one that's most important. We, 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 every time Israel got in trouble, every time they went out to a battle, you know what Israel did? They counted their soldiers and they counted the enemy. Used to frustrate Amy to no end. Jacob doing his math homework. He would do one problem and then count how many he had left. And then he would do another problem and count out. Stop counting how many you have and just do one after the other. 
Who cares how many there are? You can only do one at a time anyway. Get your eyes off of the circumstances. It doesn't matter how many the devil has. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Get your eyes off the world and get your eyes on Jesus. Worship focuses your eyes on him and not on everything else. Forgetfulness. I'm beginning to enjoy that in my older age. <laughs> I forget a lot of stuff. I tell my wife sometimes, I'm worried about myself. I'm forgetting a lot of stuff. Israel, every time that they, they, they faced the enemy, they would forget what God had just done for them. They forgot what God... They forgot about the ten plagues. They forgot about the opening of the Red Sea. They forgot about manna from heaven. They forgot about water out of the rock. Amen. God would do a mighty miracle, and at the very next trial, they forgot all about it. Oh, God, what are we going to do? We do the exact same thing. God can do miracle over and over and over again. And the first thing we come against something we don't know what to do, we forget that God has taken care of us all this time. He has never forsaken us. He's never left us. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, even to the end of the world. But we forget that the moment we begin to go into trouble. The moment we get a bad report. The moment things don't go our way. We forget all about what God has done. But worship keeps you focused on him and not on them. Everybody say, on him, not on them. Amen. We, 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 we forget about all those things. I mean, we've heard story after story. Story of a lady one time, she was driving a terrible storm. Car being just uh, washed off the road just about. And she was in terror, flat knuckling the steering wheel. And I mean, just stress and pain. And all of a sudden, she, she just stuck in her, her, her worship CD. And the presence of the Lord filled that. And the praise and worship. Pretty soon, she was singing along. And pretty soon, she realized she wasn't gripping so tight. And there wasn't pain in her body. And she said, all of a sudden, I felt the presence of God in the car. It was like I was protected. And even though the storm was still out there, the presence of God was in the car. I'm telling you, there's something powerful about praise and worship. Amen. You don't have to be in church. You can be in your car. You can be in your home. And there's something powerful about music that lifts up the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, put it on. Begin to sing it and let the presence of God fill the house. Amen. Yes, Lord. I, I'm getting there. Have me give me a few more minutes. All right. People, people who experience victory, praise God, worship God, are thankful to God before they see the victory. Can I say that again? Y'all were distracted by cuteness. <laughs> Can't get no cuter than that. But let me say it again. People who experience victory in their life praise God before they see it. Anybody can praise God afterwards. 
But I'm telling you, Second Chronicles, Jehoshaphat. Aren't you? I'm glad my name's not Jehoshaphat. I want to be Jehoshaphat skinny. <laughs> Jehoshaphat, he sent out the praisers in front of the soldiers. Now they thought he was crazy. I mean, what are I mean, apparently, what are we all singing off key and you want to kill us all? What's going on? You want to get rid of the choir first? Now listen, the warriors were probably pretty excited. Yeah, put those guys out front. The guys will be tired from killing them, and then we'll have the advantage. That's not what happened. They sent out the singers, the worshipers, the praisers. And the Bible says as they went and began to sing and praise God, God set ambush against the enemy and wiped them out. They never had to lift a sword. They never had to fight. All they had to do was sing and worship and praise God. And while you sing and worship and praise God, God fights the battle. Or you can fight the battle and let God watch. Which one do you want to do? There you go. Psalms 27, the Bible says David didn't fear his enemies when they came. Why? Because he was a worshiper. He was a singer. He began to play on the harp. He, be, he knew where his power lied. Joshua, amen, said Israel shouted before the walls of Jericho fell. Remember? He said, walk around the walls seven days, seven times, and on the seventh time around, shout! Well, no, 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 no. Lord, let the walls fall down, and then I'll have something to shout about. The Lord said, no, you shout first. You obey first. You worship first. You blow the ram's horn. Ram's horn? Anybody know ram's horn? I'm not talking about the Los Angeles rams. Ram's horn. It came from a ram. How did they get it? I mean, did he take it off and go, here, you... No, 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 no. There, there was a sacrifice. Something had to die. That ram's horn represented that offering which was a sanctification, a sacrifice, a sacrificial, a dedication, a consecration. It wasn't the shout God heard necessarily. It was the dedication, the consecration, the offering, the praise, the worship that they had done before that God honored when He heard the horn. And they shouted. And then... The walls fell. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas. They're beaten. They're put in the inner prison. They're put their hands and feet in stocks. And Silas said, hey Paul. Uh, when we get out of here. Man, we're going to have a testimony. Hey, when we get out of here. Woo, I'm going to sing and praise God. Paul, Paul, Paul said, no, 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 Silas, you got it all wrong. We're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to praise God right here with the stripes on our, with blood running, with our arms and our feet in stocks, right in the middle of it, we're going to praise God anyway. And when they begin to sing and praise, the jailhouse begin to rock. The stocks, the chains fell off. The doors opened. 
when you begin to praise God right in the middle of your circumstance, something happens. Something happens. Praise, amen, brings you into the presence of God. And then we begin to overcome. (laughs) Come on, let's look at these things right here and then we're going to close. Praise overcomes fear with trust. See, I gave you four reasons why we don't praise. We, 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 we have fear, we have all these things. But now let me give you some reasons why we do praise. Because when we praise, praise overcomes fear. And faith and fear are opposites. And faith drives fear out. And when you begin to praise God, even before you see the answer, amen, it moves God. And when God is moved, He's moved by faith, not fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, look around. Not in this building, but out there. We're lacking some sound minds. Praise, oh listen to this. Praise places the battle in God's hands. You're out there trying to do it yourself and you're having you're, you're, you're being overcome. But I'm telling you, you begin to praise, you begin to worship, you give it to honor God. It puts it back in the hands of God. Where's my band? Come on. Let's get ready. We're fixing, we're fixing to worship in just a moment. God said, I will fight for you. Look here. Uh, 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 verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Isn't it in all of us, when something comes, we want to know, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Huh? Anybody like that? Something happens, and you're, what do I need to do? Let me tell you what you need to do. Be still and know that He is God. Be still and let God. Begin to praise and worship and let God take over. God told Jehoshaphat, the battle is not yours. Look at your neighbor and say, the battle is not yours. He said, you're not, he said, you're not going to have to fight this fight. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Any, anybody ever seen the magnifying glass? That's what these are. So you get old, you got to put them on. Well, you know what it does? Listen, it doesn't make these letters any bigger. It just appears bigger to me. Did you get it? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Praise and worship does not make God bigger. It makes God appear bigger to you. Oh, he's already big. But sometimes he feels far off. But you begin to magnify the Lord and it, it makes him look near. Now, you look in your rear mirror, you look in the side mirror, what does it say? Objects in this mirror appear closer than... Well, there you go. Somebody magnify the Lord with me. Praise in advance. Praise in advance defeats the devil. He's already defeated before he starts because you already praised before he falls. Devil, I don't care what you bring this week. 
I'm praising the Lord. I'm magnifying the Lord. I'm worshiping the Lord. I've already been into the holies of holies. I didn't just come to the outer court to get a little hallelujah. I came on in and got me some word and some spirit. And then I went on in to the presence of God and had an intimate encounter with Jesus. Now, devil, do what you're going to do because I already won. I'm already victorious. I don't care what the report said. I don't care what. By his stripes, I'm already healed regardless of what you try to bring. Amen? Mm. The closer we get to God, the more our bands are loosed. Closed doors open. give you one more story and I'll close. We're going to worship. True story. Two missionaries, John and Elaine Beekman, they worked with the coal Indians in New, in southern Mexico. They rode mules, traveled, traveled by dugout canoes, <laughs> got in them boats, went to tell people about Jesus. They labored there for 25 years. Today, there's over 12,000 Christians in that village, in that church. They're, they're self-sufficient. I mean, just doing great things. This is what's interesting. The coal Indians didn't know how to sing. That whole region, no, no, nobody in that area, no, no, nobody ever sang. But when they brought the gospel, when they brought the good news, when people's lives began, to change as they begin to give their heart to Jesus they begin to sing and now they're known in that region as the singer you see you know why they didn't sing same reason you don't sing you don't have nothing to sing about but when God begins to do something when you begin to see the power and the glory and the grace and the love and the mercy and the goodness, it gives you a song to sing. You begin to sing, look what the Lord has done. And amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Do you have a problem? Yeah, pray about it, definitely. But then begin to praise God. That the answer's already on the way. Before you see it, begin to praise Him. We praise God because He's worthy. We worship God because we want to know Him. We thank God for what He's done. Amen. It's a, it's a whole progression. And when you come in the house, you need to follow all three. Don't just do one and leave. Come on. Let's go from a praise to a thanksgiving to an intimate encounter with a loving Savior. Let's stand to our feet all over the building. For one song, for one verse, for one moment, if you want to go from the outer court to the inner court, to the holies of holies, you can go as far as you want to go. I encourage you to get in His presence. I encourage you to get out of your seat and come flood this altar and say, I'm going all the way to the holies of holies. 
I'm going to give him a praise. I'm going to give him a thank. And I'm going to worship him because of who he is. You do not know. Can I get some more volume, please? You do not know what this week holds. You do not know what's going to happen this week. You don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm telling you, you need to go ahead and take care of it today in His presence. Lord, I worship you regardless of what happens. And I'm trusting you to work it out. Sing. As they sing. Worship. Feel this altar. You just get 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 in his presence for a moment. You 